everybody this is trevor hall of mining stock daily for all of you who have or frequent the podcast here you know that integra resources is a sponsor of the podcast and we're proud to have them on uh integra resources trades on the tsx venture with the symbol itr and on the otcqx with the symbol irrzf integra is developing the past producing delamar gold silver project in southwest idaho we've shared a number of their announcements throughout the year uh, including their uh, latest resource estimate, which was released earlier this summer with showed approximately 4 million gold equivalent ounces in the measured and indicated category. And then following that, the maiden PEA for the project established a new present value, uh, excuse me, a net present value of $473 million Canadian and IRR 43%. We haven't had George Salamis on the uh, show here for quite some time, but today, uh, we are res- resurrecting him onto Mining Stock Daily. George, thank you so much for joining us. How have you been? I know you've been busy, but uh, I'm trusting all is well. Trevor, it's, it's great to be back chatting with you. It's uh, it's, it's really been a while. I'd, um, I'm trying to think about the last time you and I chatted, but I think a lot has happened since then, for sure, right? <laughs> it's been... Uh, it's been a wild year. 2019 just been a, a, a great year. Uh, really exciting, you know, on all fronts, right? The exploration front uh, with the uh, discoveries sort of starting kicking off the year at Sullivan Gulch, and then the uh, updated resource estimate with the uh, the big resource conversion to M and I category, and then you know, culminating in the in the PA, which was uh, great news for for us. And kind of giving us the uh, the green light, and then kind of ending with uh, with this big financing that we just closed on yesterday. So it's it's been a it's been a fun ride this year. Yeah, I think the last time you and I actually chatted for the podcast was actually in your office, uh, probably in January of last year, I believe. Um, yeah. So we obviously we're not going to cover everything that uh, uh, has transpired over the last year. Uh, I know we've spent we've spent some time chatting with other people of management there uh, since then, but uh, there is a couple of recent developments specifically with the financing. Now, I know when the financing came out, uh, there was a strategic placement by Core Mining that was involved, plus a uh, a bot deal for I believe it was twenty two million dollars. And at the time, it was like, oh, that's you know that's really good news. That's a big financing. Well, <laughs> the follow up, it sounds like, you know, Silvercrest kind of uh, comes in with an $80 million financing. So it sounds like, sounds like capital is back into the market, at least uh, for the time being. But let's focus, let's focus on uh, this, this deal. There's a couple questions I have for you. And I think uh, investors and listeners really would like to know about. Um, and that's specifically with the strategic placement with core mining. Mm-hmm. Um I want to know is uh, can you describe what this relationship with core mining is now that they are involved with Delamar and how do you see this uh, transpiring? Yeah. um, I mean, first off, they did a lot of due diligence. They spent a lot of time sort of looking at all aspects of the project from expiration and expiration upside to, you know, the, the, the future mineability, if you will, of, of, the, uh, of the two deposits and the metallurgy. And, you know, they took a deep dive into all these aspects and, you know, obviously liked what they saw because they made their investment ultimately. But, you know, recall that 2019 is a year where we didn't see and we, you know, the, the royal we at large, you know, in the industry, we, we haven't seen a lot of strategic investments by majors in juniors this year. Um, 
and uh, so we, we, we sort of felt really privileged to have, you know, somebody look at us and give their stamp of, uh, of approval on us. And um, so, yeah, look, we've got a great relationship so far. Every, everything's sort of working out really well. We've got a schedule for our, our technical committee uh, meeting arrangements because that's part of the agreement with them. Um, we were going to meet four times a year. You know, it's, we'll, we'll share information. Um, you know, that we'll get the benefit of, of their experience because they're they're miners and and we aren't. We're we're kind of trying to do two things. You know, keep the foot on the gas of exploration and develop a, a, a gold silver deposit in Idaho at the same time. And the latter is something that you know w- we are untested in. So we're we're counting on them for their great feedback because that's what they do. Does did Core have any history uh, with any of of those deposits uh, within that wider project area? I know Core is obviously historically an Idaho company, right? And uh, I know they've moved headquarters to Chicago um, a number of years ago. But uh, this basically, it's right in their backyard. I mean, what kind of significance does that have to do with uh, with this partnership? Yeah, in, interesting because you're you're quite right, Trevor. Their 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 genesis, their their start, if you will, in the mining business was. Idaho, right, in, in the in the Coeur d'Alene district, further north of us, and um, they, uh, you know, when when Dennis Wheeler started the company years ago, you know, that's where the company was headquartered and based out of, and they had assets up there. Well, as they started to kind of migrate their asset base outside of Idaho to different jurisdictions, and, and um, you know, head office basically moved from there to Chicago, and so. Um, that said, they still have a lot of you know experience in the state, and um, so it was relatively easy for them to jump back in the saddle. And, and uh, you know, it's great to see them back in. And um, albeit they were working in a different part of Idaho, they were you know in, in, in the northern part, where, where they're kind of extreme southwestern part of Idaho. So it's a different jurisdiction altogether. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to the uh, the bot deal, and I believe the final number was, was it more than was it north of twenty two million dollars on the bot deal side, George? It, it, it was, yeah. So the the uh, the shoe was fully exercised, and I think sort of including the core uh, the the core strategic investment, I think the total came out to about thirty two and a half. Um, or something, you know, in that ballpark. Um, yeah, look, well oversubscribed. There was demand in well in excess of that. Um, you know, we felt it was just kind of prudent just to raise sort of one year's worth of of uh, proceeds to do what we need to do. So we stopped there. But there's there was certainly demand beyond that, and uh, you know, a lot of demand obviously came from um, our existing roster of of shareholders, institutional shareholders largely, and which was great to see because we kind of have that base load of demand which is has been there on successive financings. We also have a couple of new shareholders um, who have been added to the added to the list and, and again that's we you know we've developed from from a company that had when we IPO'd about two years ago we had very few institutional shareholders to about sixty five percent of our registry is now institutionally held and uh, there's some pretty strong names there and we're really happy about that. Well, in, in 2019, when capital was really hard to find for any junior mining project, you know, I would almost argue that Integra was an exception, right? Uh, you know, earlier this fall, uh, it sounded like there was demand from those shareholders to kind of ramp up exploration, which we'll get into here in a minute. And so mm-hmm. you raised then, 
And uh, now, and then it almost seemed like, well, once that was taken care of, there was even more demand to almost expedite the process and de-risk it and kind of transition more into a PFS level strategy. Is, is that basically the crux, the crux of uh, this financing where it's, where it's heading, George? It's, it's two pro Yes, it is. It, it, it's essentially two-pronged. We're, we're trying to keep our foot on the gas on two fronts, which is the expiration front, which is you know, something that we, we do very well, and we've added ounces, and we've shown, you know, we continue to demonstrate upside as we, as we you know, push, push the envelope on these projects. Um, so we're never going to stop that. And by the same, you know, token in parallel, we're going we're gonna to pursue de-risking the project with what we call feasibility-related studies, which is we've got more metallurgical drilling and, and, and test work to do. We've got more engineering studies to do. We've got a couple baseline studies to do. To support future uh, permitting, so it's it's really we're we're pushing pushing this on two fronts, and I think that's what our shareholders want to see. Well, I think it's also a testament to how well you and the rest of management can balance this, right? Because when most companies are doing either exploration or then you know step you know step out and definition drilling, uh, you seems like you're taking <laughs> everything from the basket and just throwing it all in and trying to manage it all. I guess, what's the challenges uh, for you as a CEO of managing exploration uh, endeavors and strategies while also kind of moving into PFS level uh, type technical analysis here? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I, think, I think our st true strength lies in the people that we have managing this com company at all levels they're 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 multitasking these are people who can manage expiration and uh say permitting at the same time and that, when i say permitting that's drill permitting and future development permitting at the same time um we have you know geologists who can manage um the expiration function and the metallurgical drilling function at the same time so we've got you know we've got people who can do two things you know, in parallel very well, and I think that's our strength. Um, you know, otherwise we would have this huge team, which obviously would bring, you know, in, uh, it adds a whole bunch of uh, G&A burn, um, which we don't have now, and, uh, you know, really happy that we have the, the kind of team that we do have to run this. So I'm sure a lot of people are wondering specifically about the exploration. I know the um, the, the previous studies that uh, came out uh, were really focused on uh, Delamar and Florida Mountain, but uh, you know there's other there's other targets uh, going on there that uh, could potentially add uh, more ounces uh, to those numbers. Can you give us a kind of a description of where exploration drilling is happening now and where we are in the process to potentially maybe hear of assay results from, from, from those endeavors? Yeah, sure. And, and, and it, like the, the, this question can easily be answered by, by our change in the way we view these deposits. So, so just roll the clock backwards to two years ago when, when we acquired some of these assets from Kinross. Uh, Kinross, I believe, and, and other companies as well looked at all of these deposits as being sort of, you know, unique entities, not exactly related to each other, and sort of different, different uh, variations of the same theme. 
um, we're now viewing this district as one big district. And, you know, because of that, we've added to our land position. We've almost doubled our land position. In fact, I think we have doubled our land position since the Kinross acquisition a few years back. Um, and so we're starting to look further afield outside of what's known, uh, outside of, of Delamar proper and outside of Florida Mountain. And so, you know, we're move, moving into areas, for example, War Eagle, where we've just completed uh, a bunch of drilling. Uh, before the you know massive amounts of snow started to hit us out there, and and uh, so on that front, you should see some results pretty soon, certainly before Christmas. Uh, we're fingers crossed, and then um, early next year we'll be moving into this area called Black Sheep, which is just north northwest of Delamar. And um, the interesting part of 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 that area is that it's you know, literally a stone's throw away from Delamar, which is three and a half million ounces. And um, yet, it, you know, it's a number of surface showings, which, you know, have have hardly been drilled. I'm talking a handful of drill holes in an area that's five kilometers by five kilometers. And a uh, number of surface showings and some massive geochem signatures associated with, with these deposits that have never been drilled. And, and we're, again, we're talking five kilometers away from Delamar. So we're moving into that area called Black Sheep, and we're going to be drilling out there this spring. Um, so lots to look forward to next year on the exploration front. Uh, George, before we kind of move on to more de-risking questions, I do want to ask you about Black Sheep. Uh, I know I was when I was on site there, I was specifically interested in... Uh, uh, getting getting drills onto the ground and see what's there, but can you just walk us through uh, some of the, uh, the uh, what's taking place there this summer uh, uh, with some IP testing and maybe some sampling on the ground and what you're seeing thus far? Yeah, um, really interesting area, Trevor, and uh, this this whole area came about as a result of having um, uh, Jeff Henquist and uh, Dick Silito on site, basically characterizing. Um, Delamara from you know low sulfidation deposit perspective and 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 trying to help us look for more of the same elsewhere and you know every, anybody who's in the exploration field would recognize those two names as being the sort of the the geo gurus if you will of of this style of of uh, gold silver deposit so they basically pointed us to this area called Black Sheep and said you have to look here that this is an obvious sort of geological you know um, dead ringer for what you're seeing at Delamar, which is three and a half million ounces. So we proceeded to do soil geochem over the top of this area. And it's a big area. It's, it's about five kilometers by five kilometers. Um, so we came up with a number of really whopping anomalies, gold, silver, uh, arsenic on, on site, sort of, you know, things that are kilometers in length that have never been drilled. And then we proceeded to do surface sampling, um, and mapping, and, you know, we've got grab samples related to these areas that go, you know, three to five grams gold and a couple hundred grams silver. Again, on areas showing that have never been drilled, uh, we did geophysics. We flew that entire area, so you can see a, a clear trend that connects Delamar, three and a half million ounces, to, to Black Sheep, um, which is really cool. And then we did uh, IP, because IP works very well at Delamar, um, we did some IP over select areas of black sheep, and we're coming up with identical uh, chargeability anomalies that look like like you know dead ringers for what we're seeing at um, at Delamar itself. Again, on areas that have never been drilled, so we're really excited to get in there this this sort of winter and spring with uh, with a rig or two. Yeah, well, if exploration uh, isn't exciting for you, let's talk about some metallurgy. 
<laughs> I just kind of <laughs> yeah. want, I wanted to follow up on. Uh, I actually wanted to follow up on some of the uh, 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 sulfide uh, uh, layer of gold at Delamar, and I know the study there was there was a lot of work done on the oxide and some transitional stuff with the gold. Is there any um, advancements with the with the uh, the sulfidation gold uh, uh, below that that's happened? Yeah, sure. So so. In answering that question, you really have to kind of break uh, these deposits into into two pieces. So looking at Florida, the PA study that we have contemplates uh, attacking the or mining and extracting gold and silver from the sulfide portion as well. And that's that's the reason why we have that 2,000 ton per day mill in the PA. So we've got 27,000 tons a day of heap leaching and 2,000 tons per day of milling. And that mill is designed to treat... Um, uh, Florida Mountain Sulfide only. And the reason why uh, we looked at Florida Mountain Sulfide only w- was that the sulfide portion from Delamar, which is a sizable part of the overall resource, it's almost 2 million ounces, um, the metallurgy wasn't ready on that to put into a study, so we decided to keep the mill small for now. Um, so what we're working towards by mid-year in 2020 is an update to the PA study, which again looks at a lot, you know, large measure of what I'm going to call base load heap leaching, which is going to be the majority of, of the production profile, but an expansion of the mill capacity to treat um, Delamar sulfide or unoxidized resource. And so we're doing that work now, and then that work is going to sort of evolve over the winter. So we'll come up with a pretty good idea of in the context of Delamar, what is sulfide that can be crushed, ground, floated, maybe reground and leached on site? What, what portions of that ore can be just directly cyanide leached? And what portions, you know, can be concentrated and shipped off to, let's just say, Nevada and a roaster or an autoclave there? And so we'll have a good handle of that over the winter, and that, that will be the backbone of the next study. My guess is, you know, we'll start to see production ranges of, you know, well in excess of 200,000 ounces per annum as a result of that step change of, of processing Delamar sulfide. George, so you've got exploration drilling going on. You have metallurgical work for an updated PEA happening, and you also have some PFS-type uh, studies that are undergoing. So it's like you got a little bit on your plate, right? Oh, yeah. No, but it's fun. Like I'm, I've been in the business, Trevor, for 30-plus years. This is the most fun I've ever had. It's the oh, best team. Yeah, it's the best team that, that, that I've ever worked with. Of course, it's the you know a, a large measure of the old Integra Gold team that's, that's, uh, that's part of this, which is, which is great. Like nobody left. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. So what, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for the company here in 2020? Um, that's the, yeah, the biggest challenge is, is, is and, and it always has been, it's, it, it's managing expectation on the expiration front. Like we're, we're, it's such a big area. It's, it's almost, we're almost in a position where there are, too many things to test, and we want to test them, you know, all quickly and 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 uh, all at once. And so it, it's taking a measured approach to exploration, learning from our successes and failures, and then applying that knowledge to the next one. So yeah, it's 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 refraining from 
trying to go too fast on the expiration front. The, on the metallurgy front, the, the PFS front, you know, that, that has a certain rhythm and order to it that, that will just kind of take on a life of its own. I'm not worried about that. Well, you talk about moving too fast. I mean, a lot of the developments, at least in the last four months, were really just kind of expectations and from shareholders, right? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, how do you how do you balance kind of a steady, steady, steady growth and development as a you know, and and keeping you know the fast tracking of the of the project that uh, your shareholders sometimes want and demand. How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, it, interesting because that that fi- the financing that we did this past summer came as a result of us marketing to our shareholders and telling them, look, this is this. There's a PA coming. We suspect it's going to look pretty good um, uh, because we're focused on the PA. We're, we've sort of taken our foot off the the gas of of exploration and and drilling. And they said, well, don't do that. Here's some money. You know, add add some drill rig capacity, which we did. So the, you know the resounding message we're getting from all of our shareholders is great. De-risk the project, but don't forget about expiration. You know you you, you got to keep a sort of steady focus on expiration, which is going to lead to to growth uh, along the margins of these deposits and the, and bigger studies in the future. And that's what they want to see. And, and we're we're following their lead. All right. Well, George, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to hopefully seeing you and catching up with you again in January when I'm up there in Vancouver for the Roundup Conference. And um, until then, happy holidays and best of luck to uh, you and all of your colleagues there at Integra Resources. Same to you, Trevor. Look forward to seeing you in in January. That's George Salamis of Integra Resources, which is traded on the TSX Venture with the symbol ITR and on the OTCQX market in the U.S., with IRRZF. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein.